At the beginning of this chapel service, I would like to ask you a question. Actually, it is a threefold question. The first one is with the words of Exodus 21. Is your ear pierced by your heavenly master? That's the first question. Second question. Have your ears been opened, dug out? Forty. We have the third question. Is your body prepared for the Lord? We heard these words in Hebrews 10. We probably sense that these three questions are related and they are in line with each other. It is actually one question. Because the servant of the Lord has pierced ears. The servant of the Lord has ears ducked out by his master. The servant of the Lord has a body prepared for the servant. I was asked to preach on the topic servant leadership. And as I thought about this topic, this text from Exodus 21 came immediately to my mind. The text about pierced ears. So I decided to preach on these three passages from scripture because they are all about these pierced ears. Well, you might object at the beginning of this service, and you might say, well, Pastor Prong, I can't agree with you because Exodus 21 and Deuteronomy 15 are about a slave. They are not about a leader. You were asked to preach upon servant leadership. Why did you open a passage that speaks about a Hebrew slave or a servant? That man is not a leader. Well, we have read Psalm 40. And Psalm 40 cites or quotes, more or less, I'll come back on that, Exodus 21. And Psalm 40 is written by, indeed, David, a king. And we have read Hebrews 10, and Hebrews 10 quotes Psalm 40. So in the end, Hebrews 10 reverse back to Exodus 21. And it's all there about Jesus. Is there a greater leader? A leader in God's kingdom is first of all a servant. And that servant has pierced ears has ears that are ducked out by his master. Prepared body. Let's open the three scripture readings. And we'll begin in Hebrews 10. And try to find out what it is to have pierced ears as a servant leader. And then we move backwards to Psalm 40. And then further back to Exodus 21. And we end 
with some conclusions. What it is to have pierced ear as a servant leader. But we begin in Hebrews 10. It says, Hebrews 10, 5b. A body has the thou prepared me. This is the Lord Jesus speaking when he came into the world. A body has thou, my father, prepared me. Well, it is a quote without any doubt of Psalm 40, verse 6. But there is a difference in wording because Psalm 40, verse 6 says, Mine ears hast thou opened. Well, the reasons for this difference, right? Psalm 40 speaks about ears. Hebrews stand about a body. Is that the writer of the letter to the Hebrews uses here a Greek translation of the Hebrew text, one of the Septuagint texts. Some of these texts indeed translate Psalm 40 for 6 with exactly these words. A body has thou prepared. But I think we all understand in the end it is exactly the same thing. The preparation of a body implies the preparation of our ears. A body that is dedicated to the will of the Heavenly Father has ears dedicated to the Heavenly Father. It are exactly the same things. Well, Jesus gave literally his body. We read it in verse 10. By the wits, his body, that sacrifice of his body, we are sanctified. Through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. How did Jesus come to offer that sacrifice of his body to save wretched sinners like us? Or are you more? I hope you will never become more than a wretched sinner. Well, how did Jesus come so far to offer his body for you? sinner. First 10 begins with the words, by the wits. By the wits we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. By the wits. And these words, by the wits, refers to the will of the heavenly Father. Jesus lived in complete obedience, dedication, devotion to his heavenly Father, we read in verse 7 of Hebrews 10, Then said I, lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me, the whole Old Testament refers to me, to do thy will, O God. Jesus, God's Son, had one desire, to do the will of his heavenly Father. Oh, he intensely and fully desired to do what the Father required of him. His will was in complete accordance to the will of his heavenly Father. 
We read in Luke 2, verse 19, these well-known words, Wist or know ye not that I must be in my father's business? There is nothing in between the father's will and Jesus' will. They are complete in line with each other. So here's the first lesson after having opened Hebrews 10. Having pierced ears is the same thing as a body prepared. And it means that as a servant leader, you act in according to your father's will, father in heaven. You're dedicated to him. We are devoted to him. He determines our life in good and bad times. We go wherever he wants us to go. And if he leads us in suffering, well, he leads us in suffering. And he has his wise reasons for it. But we follow Jesus Christ and his heavenly Father. Let's move back to Psalm 40. Psalm 40, written by another leader, David. Actually, Psalm 40 falls into two parts. The first part, the first 13 verses, are a thanksgiving because of a deliverance in the past. The Lord delivered David out of great distress. The second part is a plea because David is again in great distress and he cries out to the Lord. But in the midst of that first part, we read in um, verse 6, Mine ears hast thou opened. It is remarkable that this statement, Mine ears hast thou opened, is surrounded by another statement. It's a hyperbolic statement, but we read there, Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. But mine ears hast thou opened. It looks like that it says here that the Lord has no desire in the sacrificial service in the temple. But that the Lord has desire only in open ears, in pierced ears. Well, of course, this is not true because it is a hyperbolic statement. What is meant here? That these things in the service to the Lord, bringing sacrifices in the Old Testamentic days, but our things done in the service to the Lord can become outward things without our heart, without that fervent desire. Lord, here I am. He nanny. Like Abraham said time and again, he nanny, that it is to have a pierced ear. Lord, here I am, he nanny. And the Lord is looking for servant leaders who just say, he nanny. Here I am. He's not looking, first of all, for all our religious efforts, how important they are. They are but he's looking for our heart. But what does it mean, according to David, to have open ears or pierced ears? What does it mean? Well, just 
just let us listen to David. Of course, much more can be said here, but I would like to open Psalm 40 again. Let David explain to us as a servant leader what it is to have open ears. Opened by the Lord, by the way. It's never our work. Never. The Lord opened our ears, and therefore we cannot do anything else than be dedicated to him and be a witness of him. We can't do anything else because our ears have been opened by the Lord. What is it? Verse 1. I have waited patiently for the Lord. That it is. In Hebrew, I always prefer to read Hebrew. I hope you do the same thing in the sermon preparation. Always open Hebrew and Greek. You can't preach without reading Hebrew and Greek. Well, in Hebrew, it uses the same verb twice. First in the infinite form and then in a perfect form. Well, that's often done in the Hebrew Bible. And it means an in, it intensifies the verb. It actually says here something like, I wait, waited, or I am waiting, I, I wait urgently, right? It uses this word waited twice. I waited eagerly. I waited with my whole existence. You could also translate that verb, but I looked forward to thee. With an intense desire. That's it. That's it to have pierced eyes. To wait on the Lord. Yesterday, today, tomorrow. And not to do anything in the service of the Lord before we have waited upon him and listened to him. And then that wonder, eh? and he inclined unto me. Don't speak before crying out, waiting for him. And he will incline and he will hear you. What is it? To have open ears or pierced ears. Well, we read it also in verse 4. Blessed is the man that makest the Lord his trust. And that word trust means to put your confidence, your confidence in the Lord. And there is a warning. It continues there. Um, and respecteth not the proud. Don't put your confidence in the pride man of the world, the godless man. Nor such as turn aside to lies. The world in the end speaks only lies, vanity. Just listen to the word, the Lord and the Lord alone. Lend your ear continuously to the Bible. Let your ear pierced to God's word, to God himself. Otherwise you can't be his servant. And you certainly can't be a leader. You will be a false leader. And we bear responsibility for our work. Once there will be asked, was you my servant? You will know. Do you have pierced ears? Well, 
What is it to do God's will? So David had an earnest desires, desire to wait for the Lord, to trust the Lord, to put his confidence in him. In other words, to do the will of the Lord. What is it in this context for David? As a servant and a leader, what is it in this context? Again, much more can be said, but in this context, to do the will of the Lord. Well, we read it in verse 9 and 10. And this is applicable for us. I have preached. And it says there in Hebrew, I've proclaimed the good news. That's what you read, right? That same word, bringing the gospel in the Greek translation of this text. I have brought the good news because the Lord pierced my ears to his word and his voice. And therefore, I'm dedicated to him, devoted to him. I obey him in everything. This has my desire. And therefore, I'm his witness. I'm his mouthpiece. No more than that. No more than that. Just his mouthpiece. And therefore, I am pierced to his word. And everything above is in vain. And it stands in the way between us and God. I have preached what? Righteousness. God's condemning righteousness. We have to be honest with our hearers but also God's saving righteousness. And we might point out that righteous one, Jesus Christ. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation to the flock that the Lord entrusted into my hands. Lo, I have not refrained my lips, Lord. Thou knowest, thou knowest, because thou hast pierced my ears. Thou hast opened my ears. Thou art the one who determines my life. Here I am, in any. I have not hid. How could I hid the truth? It will demand it, will be demanded for my hand. How can I hid the truth? I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy covenant faithfulness, thy chesed, thy loving kindness, and thy truth, thy amet, from the great congregation. I will not hit any word from your heart. It will flow through my heart and bring it to the hearts of the flock entrusted in my hands. That's what I do. And nothing else. That's a servant leader. That's a servant leader. So you see the movement here in this psalm. The Lord is the one who calls leaders. We don't step up and say, well, I'm a leader. No. The Lord calls leaders. A man like David. But these leaders are servants first. Servants to the Lord. But servants to everybody. We are servants to everybody. And no more. Servants. Servants to the Lord. Because he has pierced my ear. He. He has opened my ear. He called me. 
Here I am, he nanny. When the Lord opens your ears and pierces your ear, you're dedicated to him. There is a waiting on him. There is a looking forward to him. Lord, come, help me. There is a trusting of him. And there is a turning away from all strongholds in your life and inside yourself to the only stronghold, Jesus Christ, the rock of salvation. There is a side note, by the way. I don't know you. I can't look in your heart. I just look to myself. But Psalm 40 begins with verses 1 through 3. You can read it again later today. I hope you'll do so. But it speaks of God as the Savior. David cried out in great misery. He knew his sin. And he knew I'm a wretched sinner. He cried out. And the Lord saved him. He took him out of that miry pit. He pulled him out of that miry pit. And he put him, he placed him on a rock. Of course, the rock, Jesus Christ. And he made him stable, firm. David knew of the Lord as his savior. You cannot be a leader without having this knowledge. Let's do some heart-searching work here. Well, then I move on the last portion, Exodus 21. Exodus 21. I also could have read Deuteronomy 15, exactly the same words, almost more, more or less, the same topic. A little bit different wording. What's the background here? Well, there is a Hebrew man, and that Hebrew man probably incurred debts. And there was no way he could pay off his debts. So he ended up in being a servant or a slave of a fellow Hebrew man. But the Lord is so merciful. And he made this law. He made this law. And, and he said, well, after six years, and it doesn't matter whether you paid off your debt or not. After six years, it's enough. The seventh year, the year of fullness, you will be set free. But in some cases, it happened that that servant to be set free in that seventh year, made the choice to keep serving his master. What are the reasons that such a servant, a slave, chooses to remain a servant, a slave? Well, we read in Exodus 21 verse 5, and if this servant shall plainly say, and it says here again, again, that same Hebrew construction, the same verb in the infinite form and then in a perfect form. So it intensifies the verb. He will saying say. He will say for sure without any doubt. He will rethink and rethink and confirm it over and again. It's not something lightly. Well, if, thy, if the servant shall plainly say, 
I love my master, but I also love my wife and my children. He loves his master and his house. He loves his own house. I will not go out free. There is love. In Hebrew, and sorry, Deuteronomy 15 verse 16, we read, because he loves thee and thine house. So that servant really loves his master and the house of his master. Because he is well with thee, he has such a good master. So we hear three things here, right? We hear that that master is a good master. And of course, we think about God, what a master he is. Like Guido de Bres says in the first article of the Belsi Confession, he is an overflowing fountain of all good. Overflowing fountain. Such a good master. Well, the second thing is that this slave loves his master. Because he knows this master, there's just one master like him. And he doesn't not only love his master, but his whole house. His whole house. The whole body of Christ, I would say here. And secondly, there is mutual love. That master loves this servant and his house. And therefore, this servant couldn't do anything else than say, I will serve thee for the remaining part of my life, perpetually, forever and ever. And then his master brought him to the judges, and the judges would lead him to the door of his house, probably the house of that servant. And that servant would look to the doorposts, put his ear to his door, and then his master would took an all and pierce his ear to the door. Why did he look to the doorpost? Because they represent his house. And his house, his whole life, there was his family, his household, and he bore responsibility for them. He was their leader. So he took his whole household with him, and his going in and his going out in his life, his sleeping and his sitting and his walking, his work inside and outside his home, everything was for his Lord because his Lord pierced his eye. Lord, Master, the remaining part of my life, I just serve thee and thee alone in complete obedience, in complete dedication. So his ear was pierced in a relationship of love. I would like to end with a conclusion. What have we learned? One who is called by the Lord to be a leader in his flock, in his household, will have his ear pierced by his heavenly master, will have his ears dug out by his master and will have a body prepared to the Lord. And that's a life in complete obedience to the Lord, in devotion, in trusting him, in putting your confidence in the Lord. It is a turning away from all that haughtiness and pride in your heart and all the idleness in the world. 
It is trusting completely and solely on the Lord and his word. It is a life, that life as a servant leader with a pierced ear of love. It's marked by love as God is love. Love for Christ. Love for his heavenly father. Love for the work of the spirit. Love for your master's house, that worldwide flock. Love for your own house over whom you bear responsibility, love. And that pierced ear, that dug out ear, is given by the Lord. It's grace alone. Lord, I was deaf. I was deaf. I just heard a noise in the word, that idleness. I just heard here these proud, bright inner voices. But now, now, Thou brought me alive. I heard thy voice. Grace alone. And that listening and obedient life rests on the salvation in Christ. Personally known. Personally known. Otherwise we can't be a servant leader. And such a leader will be an effective witness of Christ. Such a leader, in short. And then I say, then it's the end for this morning, for this chapel service. A servant leader knows God personally. He knows what lives in the heart of the triune God. He knows and listens to the heart of Christ, his precious Savior. He lives always in that communion with him, in fellowship with him. He opens the word of God again and again and again, pierced to that word. He has a heart filled with God's love. He is convinced that God is a good doing God, whatever happens. And he loves the people and trusted to his hands. And he leads them to Christ. He doesn't have a choice. That's his calling. Well, may the Lord give us such pierced ears. Let's seek the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank thee for thy word. Lord, may we have such pierced ears, pierced by thee. Lord, we confess our weakness and our shortcomings. Oh Lord, work mightily in us and among us here at PRTS among the faculty, the staff, the students. Bless the work of their hands. May it lead to an expansion of thy kingdom. O oh Lord, bless them abundantly. But first of all, Lord, please pierce their ears. If all of us just could take this lesson with us, that complete devotion to thee, O triune God. Lord, hear our prayer. Forgive our shortcomings in preaching and listening. But bless thy word. Amen.